You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash sent by Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. She's got the news. She talks with newsmakers. She encourages us to laugh, and she cries with us. Speaking truth to power and questioning authority daily, it's the Nicole Sandler Show. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is um, a Monday. It's the 20th of June, but... Today is the legal federal holiday for Juneteenth. It's a a holiday we've known about, some of us for longer than others. Um, But Joe Biden last year uh, signed the paperwork to make it a federal holiday. And, you know, (laughs) um, there's a lot of people really not happy about it because uh, some of the I hate to say it this way, but the wrong people are getting the day off. So I've seen comments or, uh, uh, on social media. There, there's two issues that people have with the holiday. As with any holiday, federal holiday or not, some made-up thing, is the commercialization. And yeah, there have been some real missteps by big corporations. Are you surprised? Apparently, a Walmart... Um, let me, I, I don't want to get this wrong. Um, somewhere, I forget where, I don't know if, I don't think it was a Walmart company wide thing, but at least, at least one Walmart store was selling, um, Juneteenth ice cream, whatever that might be. Like, really don't do that. And then I think it was the children's museum in Indianapolis, you know, parents went there thinking, all right, they'll do something educational. They'll teach the kids about it. They offered on the menu watermelon salad until um, people complained, rightfully so. So, you know, I, I get that there's, um, you know, a lot of stuff around it. And and as for the, hol- you know, people get the holiday off. Well, first of all, it's a federal holiday, so all federal employees get the day off. Post office is closed. Banks are closed. Um, you know, just like every, Martin Luther King Day, like Christmas, like New Year's, like President's Day. We have just so many federal holidays, and this is now one of them. And unfortunately, not everybody gets the day off. If you're an hourly employee, you know, 
I guess you could probably take the day off, but without pay. So there's there's complaints, and I understand. What I wanted to ask you is, is it worth doing if that's the case? If people are going to be upset that some are not celebrating the day in the spirit in which it was meant, or, um, you know, think that the wrong people are getting the perks. I don't know. Let me share with you, um, I've read a lot over the years about Juneteenth, because I'll tell you about five years ago was the first time I knew of it. Again, I'm a white woman. Um, it, it just just is that there's no qualification there. There's no good or bad or right or wrong. It just is. It's, you know, how I was born. Um, so, and, and I try to be, and I hate the term politically correct, but I try to be politically correct, but obviously I don't get everything right. So I've read a lot about Juneteenth. And, and uh, although I already knew the story, there was a great explainer of the holiday um, in my email. I subscribed to a number of different you know, newsletters. And there's one, there's a woman named Heather Cox Richardson, who if you don't subscribe to her Substack, you should. She puts out one email very late at night or early in the morning, depending on, on how you are, right? Oh, thank you. Thank you, um, John, in the chat room. There are 11 federal holidays. See, there are not that many of them. Anyway, Heather Cox Richardson's email last night this morning was a really good um, uh, explanation of Juneteenth from a historical perspective. So let me share this with you. It, it's She wrote, Today is the federal holiday honoring Juneteenth, the celebration of the announcement on June 19, 1865, in Texas, that enslaved Americans were free. On April 9, 1865, General Robert E. Lee had surrendered his army of Northern Virginia to General Ulysses S. Grant of the U.S. Army. But it was not until June 2nd that General Edmund Kirby Smith surrendered the Confederacy's Trans-Mississippi Department, the last major army of the Confederacy, to the United States in Galveston, Texas. Smith then fled to Mexico. Seventeen days later, Major General Gordon Granger of the U.S. Army arrived on Galveston Island with about 2,000 troops. On June 19th, Granger issued General Order Number 3, informing the formerly enslaved inhabitants of Texas that they were free. The order read, quote, The people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the ex- executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The order went on, quote, The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness, either there or elsewhere. End quote. General Order Number 3 informed formerly enslaved people that they were freed from enslavement and the suffocatingly circumscribed lives, restricted movement, corporal punishment, and stunted lives to which the American system of human slavery 
had previously confined them. It urged them to join the free labor economy the North championed, working for wages and seamlessly shifting their former relations with their former enslavers to ones of employee and employer. The news arrived in a state consumed by chaos. During the war, white men had gone east to join the Confederate armies as planters had rushed west from Louisiana with their enslaved people to try to preserve the institution of slavery. Mexicans and Comanches had launched raids against the unsettled population, and the Longhorn cattle bottled up in Texas as the United States blockaded southern ports and the railroad lines degraded had multiplied until observers estimated there were eight cattle for every one person in Texas, and the animals threatened those who ventured too close to them. The fall of the Confederacy meant collapse of whatever order remained in the state, and former Confederates were demoralized and angry. Cattleman Charles Goodnight later recalled, quote, it looked like everything worth living for was gone. Planters, furious at the death of their cause and desperate to get crops in, refused to tell the enslaved people in the fields of the dramatic change in their circumstances with the surrender of the last major Confederate army. Against this backdrop, Granger's men read General Order No. 3 to these formerly enslaved Texans in Galveston. They heard the news and celebrated in the streets. The order was no magic bullet for the state. On far-flung plantations, some enslavers tried to hold enslaved people at work until after the harvest. But the news of freedom on June 19th provided a focus and a rallying point for black Americans to celebrate freedom that stood out and apart from the chaos and anger around them. A year later, the 13th Amendment, abolishing enslavement, except as a punishment for a crime, had been added to the U.S. Constitution. And on June 19, 1866, the Texas freed people gathered to celebrate the coming of their freedom with prayers, speeches, food, and socializing. By the following year, the federal government encouraged Juneteenth celebrations, eager to make sure black citizens had an opportunity to discuss the voting rights that had been put in place by the Military Reconstruction Act in early March 1867, and the tradition of Juneteenth began to spread to black communities across the nation. Beginning there in Texas, the black Americans celebrating celebrating Juneteenth emphasized that emancipation in the United States meant not just freedom from enslavement, but also freedom to shape the nation's future. So it's a history lesson that unironically, um, and I say that ironically, um, I guess can't be taught in certain schools in this country because certain governors and certain states Consider any education about the history of slavery or racism in this country to be part of something that they call CRT, critical race theory. Now, uh, let me be generous. Let's go back two years. Two years ago, I will bet anybody that nobody here two years ago heard and knew of the term CRT or critical race theory. And I'll further bet you that people who throw it out there 
like the Herschel Walkers, you know, the idiots of the world who think that they're qualified to um, serve in the United States Congress, throw around the term as if they knew what it means. But you know they don't, because if they did, they wouldn't be, um, they wouldn't be saying it. Because critical race theory is nothing that's taught in any primary elementary school in this country, or any middle school, or any high school. I also don't believe it's taught in any bachelor's program in any American college or university. Critical race theory is an advanced legal concept that is taught in graduate level courses at certain universities. But America's Republican Party and right wing, and I don't call them conservatives because I really don't think that these people are actually conservative. Donald Trump's not a conservative. He's just a right wing asshole and a racist and a bigot and a mean, despicable person. But I, I, I digress. The people throwing around that term have no idea what it means. So then there are people like the governor here in the state of Florida who also throws around the term, but, but instead he takes it to another level. And he, he ushered through legislation down here that's called the anti-woke law. And in it, they don't, I, don't, I don't know if the term critical race theory is invoked. I, I don't know. I haven't spent that much time examining the text of the legislation. But I do know that it says teachers in schools in Florida, cannot teach anything that might make a white child feel bad about the history of their country, to make them feel bad that racism exists here. Now, when you're taught in school, for instance, the story of Juneteenth, it's not to make anybody feel bad. It's to teach history. It's a history lesson. And, you know, this, this started years ago because, you know, many years ago, I was railing about the state of Texas where many of our textbooks for public schools are written. And they started changing, quote, fa- I'm doing air quotes, facts. They started limiting what could be told in these textbooks about American history. And then, you know, the, I guess who, who knows who got involved and started in with the CRT nonsense. But it, 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 it ballooned to this. We are in a really strange place in American history. Uh, I've been around for a while. I was born in November of 1959. So I, I lived almost two months in the 50s. But I was a child of the 60s. So civil rights, I grew up with the movement um, and, and yeah, you know, I, I, um, I, w- when I was a kid, I lived in New York, right? I, I was born, well, my, I lived uh, through sixth grade in Bayside, Queens, went to PS 169. And you know what? I look back through the old class photographs. It was a very white area. Um, and uh, so uh, the the reason I'm saying this is because we grow up with our unique experiences and our 
viewpoint. And as, you know, open as we attempt to be and as inclusive and woke, and I'll use the word because I don't think it's a dirty word, um, I know that my experiences in my 62 years as a white woman in America are very different from a black woman the same age. But hopefully, we're on the same track. And this is, this is you know, I, I fought with myself over whether or not to go here, but I want to have this discussion today, and hopefully we can. And I do welcome your phone calls. 954-889-6410 is the number. Uh, or if you're on Skype, you can Skype to me. I'm Nicole Sandler, all one word. All, all one word. Remember, I don't have a producer. I answer the phones as they come in. No one's screening the calls. So, you know, act accordingly. Um, but it was last week. I, you know, I'm covering the, the June, the, the January 6th hearings. <clears throat> and I, you know, I, I was going through clips. I'm not sure what day it was. I don't even remember at this point. Maybe it was thir- it must have been Thursday. That's when I did the clip show. And I was just playing a lot of clips. And as usual, I had the phone lines open. And somebody called in. Uh, you know, a regular, uh, a regular caller. And he was angry. And he said, these hearings are just another example of, it's all about racism in America. It's about, you know, and I just, I, my, my initial reaction was, wait a minute, the January 6th hearings are about race. That was so out of left field for me, um, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I called him out. I said, I'm sorry, th- that's not what this is about. Um, and I said, I'm going to move on because I didn't want to interrupt the flow of the program to get into a whole discussion about racism. We've had them before, and we will again. I didn't think that was the proper venue for it. Again, we were discussing the hearing, what happened that day, and what happened on January 6th. Were there elements of racism on January 6th? Of course there were, because every one of those people who was, you know, who, who, who broke into the Capitol, especially the guy carrying the Confederate flag, a Confederate flag in our U.S. Capitol, they are racists. That's part of the problem. But the hearings were racist. So I cut him off. I, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now because I'm not thinking. Um, uh, but you, you, either you know who I'm talking about or you don't. It doesn't really matter. Point is, man called the show, said this is, all, this is just more proof of racism in America. And I cut him off. And I got a really ugly email Friday night. I'm not going to share the whole thing with you. And I'm not going to share the whole back and forth. But I want to just share a couple of parts that 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 hurt because maybe there's an element of truth and maybe not it just shows we're not on the same wavelength and i feel bad about that what she wrote is it's the height of white privilege to tell a black man what is and is not about race as a black person in america you're black every moment of every day Your entire life is defined by that. You learn to live with it, normalize it, because it is normal. White privilege makes white people race neutral 
as they walk through society. All right, I, I get that. And then she said, for you, everything is not about race. But for black Americans, that's not the case. And both perspectives are correct, both. And up until this point, we agreed. She's right. And as I said at the beginning, I'm a white woman. Here's where we, I guess, part ways. That doesn't make me a bad person. And if I get things wrong along the way, hi, I'm Nicole. I'm human. But I'm trying to have a dialogue. And what she said to me, this is not the first time you have been insensitive and, well, very white about black issues. And I suspect it will not be the last. Guilty. I'm white. I was white about black issues? And then she went on, and it, and it, and it devolved from there. So here's what I want to ask you. Um... Philip says, Nicole Sandler, the fight over Trump is a fight over demographics and who has power. Okay. Um, I get that. Why, you know, we have problem with racism in this country and it is rearing its ugly head like I haven't seen maybe since the 60s. And I think that the racists were empowered by Donald Trump who, who, who said all these horrible things that, yes, there are many white people in this country who feel that way, who think that way. It's horrible. And I was hoping that it was a general, gener, generational thing, that as the older generations died out, younger, more aware people um would take over and that kind of attitude would become obsolete. Unfortunately, it's become empowered through Donald Trump and the people who follow him and the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and the insurrectionists and the racists who now feel that they've been given approval to say all these horrible things. For a moron DeSantis to say... You cannot teach about that America is, is built on a history of racism. Well, racism built this country. Actually, more, more accurately, slavery built this country. You go walking around Washington, D.C., and you marvel at the beauty of some of those buildings, and you got to know those buildings were all built with slave labor. The White House was built by slaves. And to not teach our children in schools that this is the foundation of this nation is a disservice to everybody. But that's the direction that today's Republican Party wants to take us in. So today I want to ask you, are you happy that Juneteenth has been made a federal holiday? Or are you mad because it's being over-commercialized? the same way every other federal holiday has been over-commercialized. Would it have been better to leave it as a holiday celebrated by the black community because it's yours? I'm saying happy Juneteenth because, frankly, the day that the final people who were held as slaves because their owners didn't want to tell them they'd been free two years earlier is a great day. And every kid in school needs to learn about it. 
And when I find out that teachers, you know, it's a good thing it's the summer break now because I don't know how teachers in classrooms would be able to teach about it without, in Florida, losing their jobs. So, and that when I try to do the right thing, and I'm sorry, I do, this is my show. I do one hour a day. I set the topic. So to this woman who wrote to me, who actually I believe is in Australia, I don't know, I tried to find her, find her, and it seems like she's in Australia. It doesn't seem like she's an American, but whatever. doesn't really matter. If I came off to her in this manner, and I've had this discussion with other people before, I will say it right up front. I'm not a racist. But there are people who say that I am. And I bet every white person who's listening to me right now can say the same. Well, maybe they can't say the same thing because maybe there are some racists among you, among us. I don't know what the answer is, but I'm, I'm on the side of, of freedom, of equality, of Black Lives Matter, of doing the right thing. And to be told that you've been insensitive and very white about black issues. I say, then tell me, not pointing a finger and calling me evil and saying that I'm fucked up in some way, but tell me. It's like the person who said gentle criticism. So someone emailed me the other day with a gentle criticism. It was after the same show. It had nothing to do with this. What he said was, if you're playing clips, shut up. Don't talk over the clips because then I can't hear what you're saying. And frankly, what you have to say is not all that interesting anyway. That's not gentle criticism. That's assholery. If you wanted to say it gently, gentle criticism, you could have said, hey, it would be best if you saved your comments till after the clip because when you talk over them, I can't understand what either one of you is saying. Right? So, you know, I wrote him back with my typical, you know, go fuck yourself and don't listen to my show anymore if it bothers you so much. If what I have to say is not interesting to you, then don't listen. You've got a million other choices out there. But don't. Don't tell me that I'm being very white about black issues. Guess what? I know. I'm 62 years old, and I've been white this entire time. But also, I know about bigotry. I know about being made to feel less than. I'm Jewish. You ever had anybody come up to you and ask you, where's your tail and your horns? Really? You're Jewish? and all the things that go along with that. I've heard them all. So we all have our shit. We all have our own cross to bear, if you will. Then, okay, I'm a woman. (laughs) That's gotten me a lot of disrespect. And now I'm a 62-year-old woman. And there are jobs that I've applied for, that I'm way more than qualified for, um, that I haven't even gotten acknowledgement that I've applied for, and the only reason I can think of is because I'm older. I'm too old. I'm invisible. So 
no matter, and I'm not comparing that to being black. I'm just saying we all have our shit that we walk every day in life. And only you know what's in your mind. This woman was so angry in this email because I dared to tell, damn it, like I still can't think of his name, um, uh, that, that, the, that the January 6th hearings were not about race. To her, they were. And maybe to you, they are as well. Okay. That's right. Bella Lagrisi says, we're all still learning. Some just get stuck in old patterns that don't serve them or our one world. Look at, look at the, someone else. Look at the Native Americans. Yeah, Gary. They treated them the same way we treated the Native Americans. Linwood. That was his name, Linwood. Um, and look, Linwood's called this show many times. And there are things we agree on and there are things we disagree on. And that day, that wasn't the place for it. You want to call today and talk about race? Bring it on. But I've had the phones open for 27 minutes now and nobody's called. So I'm just letting you know, we're, we're all walking a tightrope here. We, you and me, we're on the same side. The evil ones are the ones saying, you can't teach your children about the history of this country because the little white kids might feel bad? Are you kidding me? All the more reason to teach them the history so they don't repeat the mistakes of their forefathers. To say, don't teach them that, it'll make them feel bad, just asking for trouble. Big trouble. But let me take a moment to tell you about our latest, newest sponsor, Better Help. Now, I'm someone who has suffered from depression since adolescence. That's a long time. And I've been in and out of therapy. I've tried just about everything. I have what's known as drug-resistant depression, but that's a story for another day. But talk therapy is always a welcome help. Sometimes you just need an objective person to be able to talk to. But it is harder and harder to find a good therapist near you. So when BetterHelp approached me and said, you know, they wanted to sponsor the show, I was excited. But of course, I don't recommend anything unless I try it myself. So I had my second appointment with my therapist through BetterHelp yesterday, and it was great. When you sign up, you go to BetterHelp, betterhelp.com slash Nicole Sandler. That way they know I sent you. And if you decide to sign up for something, they'll give you a 10% break on your first month. But just go check out the site, read everything. They'll give you a short questionnaire that you fill out. That's how they match you with a therapist. Now, you can change therapists. You can keep going until you find the right person for you. I'm kind of picky. I'm not an easy person to please. And yet the first therapist they matched me with, I really like. So I had my second appointment with her yesterday and I'll keep you posted, let you know how it's going. But so far, so good. So what are you waiting for? Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Nicole Sandler today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Nicole Sandler. So anyway, this is what, this is where we are. So um, since you guys don't want to talk about it, that's fine. And I really didn't prepare anything else for today. Tomorrow, the, um, uh, the hearings pick up again. 
Tomorrow we hear from uh, Raffensperger, the Secretary of State of Georgia. Uh, the the ah the, this is um, I, this nation is just getting further and further divided. And all I can say is, if we don't appreciate our allies, if we want to pick a fight with everyone who might be a little different from us, our upbringings are, our upbringing was a little different, our experience of life is a little different, well, then, then, I, then I feel sorry for us. Then I think the, the um, civil war is going to come sooner than later, which, uh, by the way, I believe is coming regardless, and it's being spurred on by these people in Texas. Did you hear what the Texas Republican Party at their gathering, what's, you know, they, they came up with a platform this year. They didn't last time because they just said, ah, whatever Donald said last time is our platform. This time they did a couple of things. Let me share with you um, what they put in their, um, in their um, uh, p- platform, the Texas Republicans. Texas Republicans approved a resolution stating, quote, we hold that acting, pre- acting President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was not legitimately elected by the people of the United States. Their, their resolution asserted that, quote, homosexuality is an abnormal lifestyle choice. This resolution backed a repeal of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. And wants to get rid of the income tax, 16th Amendment, and the direct election of senators. I actually agree with that last. Well, I, just, I agree with getting rid of the Senate, not direct election of senators. Um, so that's the Texas Republican Party. They also um, uh, adopted a resolution to call for a formal rebuke of John Cornyn and the nine other Senate Republicans who are negotiating on a gun deal. They wrote, we reject the so-called bipartisan gun agreement and we rebuke Senators John Cornyn, Tom Tillis, Roy Blunt, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, uh, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, and Pat Toomey. The resolution reads, why don't they just secede from the union? You see, that's where we're going. And if we keep beating up on each other, friends and allies, because maybe I said something the wrong way, or I, uh, what was the line? I was being very white about black issues. Think about who the enemy is, because those are the people who consider fellow Americans enemies. Um, what's his, Eric Reitens, who is the former governor of Missouri, who's now running for the U.S. Senate. He's the Republican nominee for the Senate. Put out an ad today. Thankfully, it was taken down by YouTube and Twitter and Facebook. But the, he, the ad showed him, of course, har- carrying a, an assault rifle, a big gun, and said he's going rhino hunting. Rhino hunting! Not the animals, not the endangered animals, but the... 
Republicans in name only, the people that he thinks aren't sufficiently right-wing enough, aren't heinous enough. He, he, the video showed him breaking down the door of a home, so I'm told. I didn't watch it, to be honest with you, but this is what I re- how I read it goes. Um, and killing Republicans in name only because they weren't heinous enough? All right, let's go to the phones. Um, someone calling from the Phoenix area, I believe. Who's this? 602, is that you? Hello? Okay, well, I guess they hung up. Oh, well. <laughs> That's you. You turn. Okay, when you call in, you can't listen through the, the phone or through the internet. You have to listen through the phone because there's a little bit of a delay. So, um, oh, well. Um, so, anyway. That's where we are. I, I, I feel good that today is a holiday. I feel bad that the division is, is precluding the good feelings. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Fantoma says that ad is still up on YouTube. I, uh, is it? Well, I'm not going to play it. Um, all right. So the other. Oh, okay. All right. So. All right. Hello. Hi. Hi. Joy. Hi, Joy. How are you? Oh, okay. What's up? What's on your mind today? Okay. I want to talk about white privilege. Okay. I have been a civil rights supporter for all of my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the toddler age. But I didn't realize that I was demonstrating white privilege until I understood how it was described Mm -hmm. and i think that's one thing that everyone needs to understand i mean the the white privilege is you know this un almost unconscious feeling of i what i think you're trying to say is it's it this is how this was our lives it yes White privilege is ingrained in this society. It's a thing. And you know what? It took me until adulthood to understand that. Because the first time someone said to me, well, you don't, you know, you're, you're exhibiting white privilege. I was like, I'm, I do not have white privilege. Well, in many respects, yes, I do. I, I, I enjoy that in air quotes. I'm not saying I enjoy, but it's, it's part of our society. Yeah, it is built in. Shouldn't be that way. And hopefully we're, yeah. we were headed, I thought, in the other direction until very recently. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that I was doing that. And, and it made me feel ashamed. Right. I mean, there... There are people who I have absolute respect for and have been working with and working along with, and and I worked on civil rights and all these things, but there were certain things that I didn't know I was doing mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have done. Had you known? Had you right. realized? And sometimes all it takes is someone to call it to your attention, but do it in a way that, you know, is not demeaning because, as you said, look, you know, we're women in our 60s. This, I said, things are generational. And uh, my daughter, I'm sure, is a hell of a lot more um, unencumbered by these 
roles that have been beaten into us over the years than I am. And and it hopefully keeps going yep. in that direction. But, you know, don't don't come at me by saying you're being, well, very white about black issues. Well, tell me. Say it in a manner that is respectful of the fact that I respect you and want to do better. But when you make me feel bad because I'm white, that does nobody any good. Absolutely. And and what we need to do is just keep being allies mm-hmm. and apologize if we've if we've came across as I don't know uh, whatever they call it, um, but just still start, just become allies and keep helping yep. to keep civil rights going. Yeah. Uh, I got and it. I have to, yep. and I want to keep your civil rights going as a as a Jewish person. It's it's just a little confusing. I know. It is. And the thing is, you know what, I'm going to run, Joy, because i got other people calling in. But we are, we are somewhat oversensitive, perhaps. Um, and maybe we need to take a step back when, when, we're, when we're hit with criticism to figure out where the person criticizing is coming from. And look, I'm not one to talk about, you know, going overboard. I tell people to fuck off all the time because that's my... Uh, response when someone is just not hearing me, then go find someone else who who is saying things the way you want to hear them. And maybe, you know, that's not the way to go about um, uh, diplomacy either. All right, 702 area code, who's this? Uh, Marcus, Las Vegas. Hey, Marcus in Las Vegas. Um, so uh, have the, has anything I said today made sense to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it makes perfect sense to me. And I'm African-American. I just want to say I want to share a couple of things with okay. you, a couple of stories. Um, you know, Oakland uh, is undergoing, uh, especially the uh, West Oakland, North Oakland is undergoing a huge amount of gentrification, just as many other other um, uh, they, uh, black uh, or uh, black, predominantly black neighborhoods have been all over the country. Yep. Right. And so. What's happened, so the people that are moving in there typically have a lot of money, very wealthy, and they outprice the local residents and everything else. But one of the things that's happened is that when they come into this neighborhood, one of the things they they raised hell with the city, with City Hall or County Board of Supervisors, uh, whatever the case might be, about they're playing their music too loud. Uh-huh. The church is playing their music too loud and there's noise pollution. Oh my right? God. And so I, I, I bring that up just to say that that type of disrespect for others different than themselves is exactly what is behind this so-called um, anti-critical race theory, this, this crusade that they're on doesn't really have anything at all to do with protecting little kids. That doesn't have anything to do with it. It mm-hmm. has to do with the fact that we just simply don't respect you. And we see this now all over, you know, whether it's in LGBTQ com- communities, um, Native Americans, people who aren't the MAGA crowd. We just don't respect you. We don't believe that you're Americans. We don't believe that you have any rights. You're not deserving of anything. You know, and, and I mean, these people have utter contempt for the other side, 
uh, others. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, they it's just the have other. It's anybody they who's different. Hate. Right. It's hard. Vile. Yeah. Hatred. Yeah. In their heart for others that aren't part of this MAGA group, you know. And so that the fact that we're just trying to protect our kids or our kids might become offended. That's the same sort of uh, canard as. I talked to you about last week with the uh, gun, the gun control debate. Mm-hmm. You know, we, when they go to when they go to mental illness, they don't really mean that. They don't care if they wouldn't defund it everywhere. They don't really mean that. That is a deflection from what the real issue is, which is guns. And so, when they talk about well, we want to protect our kids, our ki- it makes our kids feel bad. That's a deflection from what the real issue is. And the real issue is we just don't give a fuck about you. We hate you. And we don't think that you deserve acknowledgement, validity, right, right. or rights, human rights. And that's all I got to say. Marcus, great show. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Marcus, I always appreciate your calls. You, you always have something relevant and important to say. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, well, hey, well, yeah. hey, you know what? What? Can I say one more thing? While we're on this, while we're on this deflection, yeah. all of these people that they say who believe that Trump really lost the election, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there. I honestly believe that the majority of them, as well as Trump himself and everyone around him, knows that he lost the election. That's right. But when you when you... When you admit that you know that he lost the election means that you implicitly admit that I've been a sucker or that I've been a fool, I've been conned, and that I'm stupid, stupid enough to believe it, right? Stupid mm-hmm. enough to fall for it, stupid enough to allow myself to be conned. That's an implicit uh, acknowledgement. You know? So rather than acknowledge that, they'll take the lie to their grave, you know? I, I, Nicole, I'm a, uh, I once stole something when I was, let me see, I think I was maybe 13 years old, mm-hmm. packed a gum out of a store, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I did it. I got caught for it. And they called my mother and I was embarrassed in front of everybody, right? All my peers who were there, I was embarrassed. And don't you know, for the longest, for years, I stood by the claim that they came after me because I was black. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was to that was to that was to rather than admit, you know, that I was, you know, ashamed enough to, you know, steal, got caught for it. I would rather deflect that. That's right. Be dishonest. And that's and that's what these people are who claim that they know that the election was stolen. They're too ashamed to admit that they were stupid enough to admit that they've been conned, that they've been suckered. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. Okay. Um, thank <laughs> you. Thanks, thank Marcus. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, it makes, you know, a lot of good points. At least, you know, I feel, uh, uh, thank, thank you guys for indulging me here. David didn't think I should talk about this today. Um, because, you know, it's, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. I don't want to offend anyone, but I have to be honest and say the tensions, there are Plenty of racial tensions in this country. We should direct our ire to the... Why is David calling me? Okay, it must have been a butt dial. Um, uh, To, you know, the people who are looking to do harm to us. There are people 
uh, like these idiots in Texas. If you're going to be pissed off at someone, be pissed off at them and work hard to vote them out of office and put people in office who are more evolved. Because, my God, it's 2022. We're talking about a, 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 the biggest injustice, the original sin of this nation. It can't be whitewashed over. It happened. And yet we've got a growing faction in this country who think they've been emboldened to be racist, to be bigoted, to um, be uh, uh, patriarchal. The men now want to tell women, again, what we can and can't do with our bodies. And big parts of this country are sitting back and going, yeah, baby, let's go back in time. Well, no, I'm not going back in time. We need to go forward, and we do need to talk about it. You know, Friday on the show, I played a song for you, new song from, uh, from, from Ben Harper. Um, yeah, I've been a fan of Ben Harper's for over 25 years. Um, I've gotten to interview him on a number of occasions, including here on this show back in December, he was in the studio recording this album that is now about to come out. Uh, July 22nd is the release date. And I played for you the first single and it's called, we need to talk about it. Now I can't play it again because it got me Thankfully, they didn't give me a copyright strike, but it, they they blocked the video until I pulled the audio off of the song. So at the end of today's show, when uh, or maybe even earlier, I'm going to kill the video, and I'm going to play a couple of songs. Because, you know, at first I thought, oh, it's a holiday like I did on Memorial Day, like I do on the 4th of July. Maybe I'll play an hour of music to celebrate the day which I can't do on YouTube because copyright stuff. But, um, you know, I can play on the stream. And so, um, but I thought we needed to talk about this because I needed to talk about it. People who know me know me. And people who don't say things like this woman did. And and, and that's going to keep happening. I get it because I'm a white woman and I guess that makes me unwittingly somebody who does have white privilege. I got it. I didn't always. I do now. And if I'm doing something wrong, if I say something wrong, tell me. I've got enough black friends who will tell me if if I say something insensitive or stupid. Well, if you listen to the show, then uh, frankly, I consider you a friend. And I'm, I'm insulted if you address me like this, but I would be grateful if you took the time to send me an email and say, you know, what you said when you told Linwood that it wasn't that the January 6th hearings were not about race, here's why you were wrong. Not pointing a finger at me and saying, see, that's your white privilege. All you do is think like a white woman. I am a white woman. And I'm not going to apologize for my skin, as you should not apologize for yours. What we need to do is work together to get the racists and the bigots and the people who want to send us back in time out of office and get this country back on track. Can we do that? And celebrate Juneteenth. If you go back through my show for, say, the past five years, 
and listen to the programs that were on or around June 19th, you'll hear me talking about it. And probably around five years ago or so, I told you that I'd never heard of it before. We're all becoming enlightened. Let's help each other do, do the right thing, think the right way, say it the right way, in a helpful way, not in an ugly, hateful, Trumpian kind of way. So, all right. Um, I think what I'm going to do is now kill the video streams, but I'm going to keep the show going on the audio. So you can listen at progressivevoices.com. You can listen on the Listen Live page at nicolesandler.com. It's nicolesandler.com slash listen dash live. Or you can go to nicolesandlerstream.com and it's just the audio stream. But so that's what I'm going to do. So YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, if you're watching, I'm killing the stream now because I'm going to play a couple of songs to end the show. All right. So see you over there. Come on over there. Come on over there. All right. Um, as soon as this stops, all right, I think the video stream is stopping. And I'm going to start the music portion of the show. We may go a little long um, with, um, well, a song that you know. It's Marvin Gaye, just in case you were wondering.
everybody thinks we're wrong. Mother, who are they to judge us? Mother, mother, simply call me sweet where I am Merchant ships 
minutes after they took I from the bottomless pit. But my hand was made strong by the end of the Almighty. We forward in this generation triumphantly. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Cause all I ever have redemption songs, redemption songs. Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Have no fear for atomic energy. Cause none of them can stop the time. How long shall they kill our prophets? While we stand aside and look. Some say it's just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs Yourselves from mental slavery, none but ourselves can free our mind. Oh, have no fear for atomic energy, cause none of them can stop at the time. How long shall they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look? Yes, some say it's just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Cause all I ever had redemption songs. All I ever had redemption songs. Songs of freedom, songs of freedom.
We're still waiting for that change to come. Sam Cooke. Uh, we also heard Bob Marley, Redemption Song. We heard from uh, Ben Harper, the song I, I played on Friday that I mentioned before. We need to talk about it. That's what today's show was about. And um, what did I start with? Oh, Inner City Blues, Marvin Gaye. Um, I, I've got a bunch of songs queued up here. I'll play one or two more and then... Um, We'll call it a night. Um, uh, uh, okay. This is a song about racism. A lot of people didn't know it was. And then I'll, leave, I'll do one more after this to leave us on a positive, hopeful note. All right. But this one, a Paul McCartney song. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life you were only waiting for this moment to arise blackbird singing in the dead of night take these sunken eyes and learn to see all your life You were only waiting For this moment to be free Blackbird fly Blackbird fly Into the line of a dark black Black 
that singing in the dead of night. Take these broken wings and learn to fly all your life. You were only waiting for this moment to arise. You were only waiting for this moment to arise. You were only waiting for this moment to arise. Call! 